The Old Testament reading for this Palm Sunday is from the book of the prophet Zechariah, and this passage is one that is referenced in the New Testament reading. So I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading this morning is from Matthew's Gospel in the 21st chapter. Uh, It's the story of the triumphal entry on that Palm Sunday of Jesus into Jerusalem. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Back during my time as a student in seminary, we were required to read a book that had been written by, uh, I believe it was a Lutheran pastor, who at the time was serving a smaller member congregation church. And the title of that work, I can still remember, it was Open Secrets. While it may have been instructional for we clergy in training, I was not particularly enamored of it as it read a bit to me like a Joan Rivers tell-all interview. But now I'm going to tell you of an open secret. We are in 
a stormy season. And it may get worse before it gets better. Indeed, I love these special Sundays. I get so excited about them that I fail to print the next page in my sermon. (laughs) What kind of a printer would do that? And what kind of a pastor would not check to make sure all the pages were there? Well, I know what I was going to say. I speak of this today because this is precisely the point that we find ourselves in as we read this account of Jesus entering that holy city in this morning's gospel text. The past three years or so of his public ministry had been marked by triumphs and by confrontations. He had known and attempted to teach his disciples that the opposition that had been mounting against him and his work would continue and would intensify. He had plainly spoken to them of his ministry that would culminate in his death on the cross. But at his triumphant entry in Jerusalem, it may well have been nigh on impossible for his friends and followers to comprehend such a prediction as that. Things seemed to be going, after all, so swimmingly. Here they were, processing into the holy city in front of cheering multitudes. What's not to like about that? But this day was the calm in the midst of a stormy season. The eye in a building hurricane of opposition from the religious authorities. And after this brief respite, those wicked winds would again intensify and the storm would reach a crescendo. I am of the opinion that we in this day find ourselves as a people, as a nation and as a world in somewhat of a similar place. I must confess to you, my brothers and sisters, that this is not the message I thought I would be bringing you this morning. The sermon that I had been writing for this day was put aside before I completed it earlier this week. Several factors contributed to the authoring of a new one, and it is my hope that the primary driving force was the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I trust that this is the case, but I will leave that for others to decide. If the rains and the gusts that passed through as I completed it last night are any indication, perhaps my decision has been providentially endorsed. What I do know is this. We are in a stormy season. There have been storms raging in the West, producing historic amounts of rain and snow, devastation and death. There have been storms raging in the South and the Midwest, and now here on Delmarva, bringing tornadoes, devastation, and death. There have been storms raging inside school shooters, six-year-olds shooting their teachers, and 20-somethings shooting nine-year-old kids. There have been storms raging in our banking and financial systems. There have been storms raging in our justice systems. There have been storms raging in our political systems. There have been storms raging in the 
fields, the towns, and the cities of Ukraine. I have, over the past few days, met with members of this congregation and fellow clergy from this region. Some have confessed the fact that there have been storms raging in many of their lives as well. And they have admitted some anxiety surrounding these things. And I share these concerns. I'm afraid that some, perhaps maybe most of these storms, may well gain strength. I hope that I'm proven wrong. But this sermon is about our response if I'm not. As it was on that Palm Sunday, as Jesus rode his mount, or mounts, up Zion's hill, we may this bright, clearing, refreshing spring day seem as if we are miles away from tribulation. And while that is a welcome relief, one to be enjoyed and savored, it is quite likely a temporary distraction from the storms of the season. When, sooner or later, we find ourselves tossed out of the proverbial frying pan and into the fire, what are we going to need more than the echoes of a cheering crowd? We are going to need more than the echoes of a cheering crowd, rather, to sustain us. In some churches, it is a tradition to gather up the, the palms after this service is over and to burn them and to use the ashes as the base for the anointing mixture that is dispensed during their next year's Ash Wednesday service. It's a reminder that the adulation associated with the leafy branches of this day was to be short-lived, to be replaced by much more solemn symbols. And so, here we are, celebrating here and now one of the high points of Jesus' ministry to this point, and here we are now in the midst of a stormy season. There would be extreme lows and unexpected highs for the followers of Jesus in the coming days. Their story is probably not much different than our own. So if you can identify with those who heavily feel the weight of a stormy season, take heart, you're not alone. Even more, take heart, for you will not be left alone. The followers of Jesus have never been immune from the storms of this world, as the psalmist wrote, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We are all residents of a world that is rife with sin, and we have contributed to it. It was not smooth sailing for the disciples who were there in the boat with Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, but when the tempest arose there, and they were, we are told, sore afraid, a line from the King James, which I love, they turn to Jesus in their distress, and he is the one in whom they would trust, and he is the one in whom we can trust. Jesus alone has the power to overcome the storms. Without him, we would be like Peter when he chose to get out of the boat at Jesus' invitation. 
Our faithlessness would cause us to be overwhelmed by the waves and sink beneath the waters. Even against the longest of odds, we are assured that we can bet on Jesus. He has demonstrated his enduring love for us with a depth so great that he will allow nothing to stand in its way. Therein lies the great lesson of this holy week. I'm reminded of the words of a Presbyterian elder by the name of Horatio Spafford, who nearly 150 years ago experienced a tragically stormy season in his life and who, in response, poured out his heart and showed his reliance upon and trust in his Savior and ours. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I can imagine that this might have been how Jesus would have wanted his disciples to respond to the events of the days that would follow Palm Sunday, and two, the manner in which he hopes all of us would lean on his everlasting arms. It is, after all, the only faithful and, for that matter, logical recourse we have in this stormy season. We are not going to make it better all by ourselves. Individuals, groups, entire nation states have tried to do this in the annals of history, and every time they have failed most quite miserably and spectacularly. Where then does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He alone is our strength and our shield, our portion in this life and in the life of the age to come. As he completed his observation of the Passover with his friends in the upper room, he went out from that place at night in the garden to pray. He prayed that his time of trial would pass over him. But that was not the Father's will. All prayers are indeed answered. Sometimes, even for Jesus, the answer is no. Sometimes, for reasons we can't understand, God does not make straight the paths for us. But what he always has and always will do is what he did with his son to walk with us through this stormy season. Jesus was not spared discomfort, even immense physical, emotional, and spiritual suffering. But his father brought him triumphantly out the other side, having accomplished what could never have been achieved through any other means. We don't always know the why of the stormy seasons, but we know he who has demonstrated the power to overcome them, son of David, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the unlikely king who rides on in humble majesty, the one who knew no sin, yet for us became sin, that its power might be defeated once and for all. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, as we face our own stormy seasons, remember, we are never alone in our struggles. Jesus, 
The one who's passed through and triumphed over the storms of this life offers us his nailed, his nail-scarred hands to cling to in our distress. The storms may not subside. Indeed, they may even intensify for a time. But they will, in the end, be stilled. And Jesus will be there with us, too. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.